0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 47th episode of So Important, the interview podcast. I mentioned that number because, like me, you may be a little surprised at how far we've actually come down this path. But regardless of whether we're on episode 1 or 12 or 50 or 48, my objective remains, as always, to bring conversations to you with truly fascinating people doing fascinating things, and I think you'll agree that our guest today fits this bill. We're talking with Suzanne Romero of the George A. Romero Foundation in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My guess is that most everyone is familiar with George Romero, who changed the nature of horror films for all time and is a true icon of the genre. So it's fitting that a foundation has been established in Pittsburgh to ensure that George's legacy is preserved and that his contributions to American film will be front and center and fully appreciated by the public, and by today's independent filmmakers. Ms. Romero is essential to all of the foundation's efforts, which we're going to talk about today. The foundation honors George Romero in so many interesting ways, and I can't wait to discuss them with our guest. So I will keep today's introduction short and get right into my conversation with Suzanne. So on that note, Suzanne, uh, let me welcome you to the show.
1: Hello. Nice to meet
0: you. Well, it's great to meet you too. And I am really excited about talking. So, what I'd like to do is just get right into the conversation. And I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about George's legacy and why you felt it was so important to establish this foundation.
1: Well, you know, when George was diagnosed with his illness, he insisted that we not talk about business and uh, and I of course was fine with that and we were uh Scrabble players we played Scrabble together and often we had some of our most important conversations via the, the Scrabble board and that day I asked him what he thought his legacy would be and he he responded in a very strange way he said ah Nobody really cares. I didn't know really how to respond to that. And I I was upset about it and I was shocked, but I didn't say anything to him at the time. And then when he passed, I kept thinking that can't be true. There's no way that is true. And I just, you know, I was mourning and I was roaming the halls and I kept getting these emails from these wonderful institutions in in, in Pittsburgh wanting to celebrate Romero. And then I thought, well, I ought to uh, respond to them. And I did. And then we went on this, you know, one of those Zooms that, you know, the 35 people on the Zooms and I thought, oh, well, this is not really effective. So, I went to Pittsburgh and I met, you know, the Warhol and the P- Pittsburgh film and all these wonderful uh, folks. And I really quickly realized that I was right, that people do care and that there needed to be sort of an anchor or, or a leadership role in this, in this Romero uh, celebration. So. Slow by slow, inch by inch, I thought maybe a foundation might be appropriate. And, uh, I spoke with a lawyer and got the 501c3 going. And, um, and here we are almost three and a half years later.
0: George's films are so iconic and they come to the horror genre with kind of that, uh, social consciousness that you talk about a little bit on your website. Mm-hmm. And, When you think of his films, how would you describe his films and his contribution to American cinema?
1: You know, I did not know who George was when I met him. I was reluctant to, to start a relationship with him for some of the obvious reasons. But I, you know, went out on a date and we had a great time. And fast forward uh, three, four months later, he said, well, Suze, I think you ought to see some of my movies. And so uh, I went, OK, sure. And so he procured all his movies and uh, we had a Romero film festival. Him and I watched all his films, and the first thing that I thought when I saw them was that they were very, very smart. I also felt that they were very layered, that if you wanted to take them at face value, you could, and if you really wanted to dig deep, uh, you could also find some stuff in that film. And so I have to admit uh, that I'm not a huge horror fan. Um, but I could see that George Romero was a very smart guy.
0: In Dawn of the Dead, he uh, dealt with consumerism. Mm -hmm. In Night of the Living Dead, he he dealt with uh, racial issues. seemed like he always had a, a point underneath his films that he wanted to make, in addition to just giving you a good scare.
1: Absolutely. I think his intention was to use the zombies as metaphor. It was really all about the human beings. It was the movies or the films were about how the human beings reacted to the conflicts and uh to be honest um the humans don't fare very
0: well no they they don't as a general rule in his movies yeah and uh from everything i've read on the website it sounds like you're really honoring that uh contribution that he made
1: i definitely am i i i think that his work is very important. I think the horror genre is also equally important. And I believe that the genre needs to be elevated to a position of respect. And uh, I'm here to to do that work. I'm, I spend a great deal of time uh, in my week to make sure that we do all the right things here.
0: Well, when you talk about uh, making sure that the genre gets the right uh, level of respect, that immediately makes me think of the alliance that you have with the University of Pittsburgh.
1: Exactly.
0: And I'm wondering if you can talk about that a little.
1: I also believe that uh, horror ought to be studied, and I know for a fact that there are many scholars who've done their thesis uh, on on the on the genre and on. George Romero and the works of others and I just think that it ought to be facilitated as much as possible and so when we decided uh, that the archive George Romero's work ought to be saved and protected I was thrilled that the University of Pittsburgh stepped up to the plate and we have such a wonderful symbiotic relationship. And through that relationship, I am fully enthusiastic and supportive of getting the working group, uh, the horror group, working group, working and reaching out to as many people as possible. And it's also very interesting to see the actual archive there. I mean, it's pretty fantastic.
0: I guess we should step back that there is now the uh, George A. Romero Horror Studies Center at the University of Pittsburgh. And there's also this uh, horror archives that they've established yes. to achieve just the goals that you described.
1: Exactly right.
0: But that's only part of it. Uh, but that that's a big part of it, and it's a great way to uh, preserve his legacy. And I love the fact that it's right where I went to grad school, mm-hmm. so I can't wait to go and, and check it out. But. That's just part of the story. Uh, you have a very powerful and very concise description of what you do on your website, preserving legacy, empowering independent filmmakers. Can you talk a little about how those priorities were chosen and, and then elaborate a little bit on some of the uh, great work that takes place to uh, realize those objectives?
1: Well, you know, George was, a, was an independent filmmaker. And, and certainly uh, young, uh, when he decided to uh, bring his group of friends together and uh, shoot a film called Night of the Living Dead, you know, he was an independent maverick at the time, shooting in Pittsburgh, a, a small, relatively small town. And, you know, he never really had education in the film industry. I mean, he, he was basically self-learned. Uh, he picked up a camera and he shot and, uh, he ha- hung out with like-minded people. And I just think it's, um, pretty fabulous. Now the, 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 the situation is a bit different today where you can go to film school. You can learn craft, uh, through institutions. But I really believe that independent filmmaking is still huge and important that we keep it Alive, because people get eaten up by these big distributors and big companies and big, uh, you know, just MGMs and the Netflixes, and I just think that we ought to be able to retain independence and um, and have our creativity flourish under that umbrella.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and. George, I, I assume he also was a supporter in his own way of independent filmmakers being one himself.
1: Yes, he was. Now, of course, as he got more and more famous, as he got, you know, bigger budgets, it was more and more difficult to retain sovereignty, which was terribly important for him. Uh, he wanted full creative choice and the bigger the budget, the less choice you have. And so that was why George felt very comfortable in in a small budget space. Uh, Land of the Dead was, you know, I think something like eighteen million. And though he would have, he said he did get most of what he wanted, but he did have to duke out some points. And he just would have rather rather not. He would have rather just be in complete control of his of his creative process.
0: What were some of his favorites of his own films? And then what were some of his favorites of other people's films?
1: Well, I, Martin uh, is George's favorite film. And the reason he told me that Martin was his fil- the film that he preferred uh, of all others was because from frame by frame by frame, he got to shoot exactly what he wanted. And as a director, it's a luxury that you just don't get. And he got it with, with Martin. So he was very happy with that. And in terms of his, his likes, well, first of all, he liked boy movies. He liked black and white films. Um, when he met me, he, he thought I was basically, you know, handicapped because I hadn't seen any of the basics. And so he, you know, literally took me to school. And for 15 years, um, I've seen all the more important films but he was a cinephile and um he needed me to to see f- film and to enjoy all film and so we did so i watched you know the turner classic movies and we would get our program and he would highlight all the films that i he needed i needed to see and i'm pl- i'm proud to say that i i graduated <laughs> i graduated
0: yeah no i will bet you know people would die for an uh, for an education like that you know, yes, this, absolutely. Yeah, so it sounds like uh, uh, you ha- guys had so much in common, at least in respect for this love of film that he helped you develop, and it yep. sounded like it really stayed with you.
1: It really did, because he made me change the way I look at a film. I used to just watch a film in a very sort of just entertain me, but now I see a film. I see. I see the craft. I see the sound design. I, I hear the sound design. I see the way the director chooses to uh, express or articulate the story. I see it now. Uh, before, not so much. But like I said, I went to school and, uh, and he was a great, great teacher.
0: It's interesting that you mentioned Martin because many years ago, I had a blog and I had extensive conversations with Tony Buba. Mm-hmm. And he talked glowingly about Martin and that was the one that he pointed out too.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, Tony is a, a Braddock boy and you know, Braddock is, um, you know, a typical town that struggles. It's a struggling town economically and it, it's just an interesting sort of escape of what can happen in, in a small town like that
0: it's really a scene in pittsburgh it's a movie scene that you guys really created didn't didn't you
1: well i didn't but certainly people like tony Buba and george romero and and you know all those you know you know russ striners and rosos and all those folks uh You know, they, they were passionate about filmmaking and all excellent, excellent and talented. And, and he had a really good sense of who, who had something to bring to the table. Uh, and he was a very open person, very generous and open. To ideas, um, he liked the uh, dialectical process, and um, and he loved making movies. No, I, I
0: wish I'd had a chance to meet him.
1: You were a zombie though in Dawn of the Dead, weren't you?
0: I was indeed. I did meet him then. Yes. Okay. So you're there. You go. But we didn't. <laughs> we didn't talk about the dialectic of movies, though. Right. Right. Uh, he was. He was very busy, and I was uh, just a kid of eighteen. But speaking of Pittsburgh horror. There's one thing I really want to hear about, and this is the relationship to Bill Cardill. When Mm -hmm. I was growing up, I never missed Chiller Theater. Never. And I would just love to hear more about that.
1: Well, George absolutely thought that Bill Cardill made Night of the Living Dead possible. Uh, He had huge respect for Bill uh, Cardill and Chiller Theater, and he helped raise money, he helped raise awareness, uh, he was in the film, uh, he was a, a huge Pittsburgher, and um, he couldn't have been more supportive. And George was very grateful and never forgot it. Uh, he just said to me, if it wasn't for Bill Cardill, that movie just never would have made it.
0: Those are great words, and you honored him with uh, uh, what you refer to as a Pioneer Award.
1: right. We gave uh, Lori the Pioneer Award on behalf of her father. George and I uh, saw Bill Cardill a few weeks before he passed. Uh, we were on our way back from Florida, and George said, Suze, you know, I've got to stop. I've got to stop and, and see Bill. And I said, of course. So we did. Uh, we were so glad we did. You know, actually, Bill Cardill looked very well. He looked happy to see George. And um, yeah, it was a, a lovely afternoon.
0: Well, I'm sure he appreciated uh, that relationship very much.
1: I think so, yes. And I think Lori does as well. And, of course, Lori was in Day of the Dead. So, you know, it's, uh, it's you know, a, a small community.
0: Well, my high school English teacher was in Night of the Living Dead. Okay. So there wow. you go. Yeah. I remember her telling us about that.
1: Of course. It was good.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It was it was great. Um, I've watched that movie many, many times. It's a great one. It was was he surprised when that one kind of put him on the map
1: you know it took a while before it was was put on the map uh the film did the drive in circuit you know it did all right but then um there was an article in le cahier du cinema in france and it recognized that film as an important film in american in american filmdom and it was after that article that he started to get some accolades for having you know directed that film and then you know he the next project was almost three four years later you know it took a while before it it caught on fire so to speak
0: he wasn't the first to do these kind of horror movies with some kind of socially conscious theme like invasion of the body snatchers but at the same time, a lot of the stuff in the 50s that preceded that movie were, you know, invasion of the giant ant things. And right, stuff. And right. The yeah, monsters. They
1: yeah, they were monsters. Yeah. Uh, this time, the monster was your neighbor. <laughs> it, yeah, was, yeah. it was the neighbor. It was the cook. It was the the maid. It was the, you know, the plumber. Uh, so it, it changed monsters in a very elemental way. There is no doubt about it.
0: And, you know, in Dawn of the Dead, um, there was a very simple theme to it. Maybe they just thought of it as a throw-in, but it turned out to be quite brilliant, which was the idea that they come back to the mall because that's what they know. Right. That, that's brilliant.
1: It is brilliant because, you know, you know, one of the reasons why George would say stay scared was, I think, mostly because he wanted us to stay aware, stay scared, stay aware understand that we need to be thinking about what we are doing, thinking about how we should go about living our lives. I think uh, he finds that we're all a little bit zombie-like in a way.
0: He hit on something and it worked. And, uh, it's great that you guys are doing the work that you're doing. And that gets me to, to the next question is where are you going to go from here with the foundation?
1: Wow. Well, that's a big question. You know, I, I always say, you know, we're very little potatoes right now, but one day we want to be a big russet potato. So I think that inch by inch, we do the good work. We hoe the path. We continue to support the filmmakers in scholarships and with mentorships and, and other great programs. I just think that eventually we will become uh, very influential in our world.
0: Well, I I wish you all the success in the world. And I guess last question here, uh, as you think about George from a very personal perspective and his legacy, what would you add that we haven't talked about?
1: Oh, I just think that we ought to understand that the genre, the horror genre, is a really great way to articulate social commentary and i think we need to continue to do smart horror films and also not just film but art and novels and all the mediums i think ought to be smart and cherished so that it's important that we continue to enjoy them and be stimulated by by the work yeah i just think that george was a very generous person uh, as an artist and I uh, and not that we're open to groom other George Romero's. We want to groom other artists to do their work and for them to flourish.
0: Well, you've given us a wonderful picture of George as an individual and, you know, the, the meaning behind his films. And I really appreciate this conversation. It was just great chatting with
1: you. Well, it was, it was my pleasure, Monty. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank Bye, you.
1: Bye-bye.